This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world, Peak Too Early. I'm one of your hosts, Steve Jenner, and I'm joined by Mike Jenner, who's somewhere off the coast of Massachusetts. Mike, how you doing? Steve, I know I always say I got the freshest legs in New England. Uh, I think that's still true. I definitely have the freshest legs on this podcast. Um, so I think I think the whole world's wondering how you're doing, not how I'm doing. My legs aren't that fresh right now. They're uh, they're pretty beat up. I ran a marathon yesterday. Um, yeah, I got a lot, a little bit to talk about with that marathon. But uh, you know, I I think uh, having after the dust has settled and I've had a night to think about it. It's been a little over, you know, twenty four hours since I've uh, I finished the race. I'm feeling good about it. But um, yeah, I mean, just just to kind of give a little little insight into what happened. So the goal for, so we'll go back two years now. Um, You know, the goal uh, when we first uh, threw this out, I, well, I guess it would have been more than two years ago, right, Mike? When did I first challenge you guys? When did we first decide to run the Annapolis marathon? It would have been, it was about two years ago because it was, yeah, it would have been about two years ago. Yeah. Because we ran Indy about a year ago now. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it was at a point in my life where I had, I had been out of running for like a good four years. Like I was in terrible, miserable shape. And, uh, and for like the first time in a few years, I kind of missed it. I kind of missed running. So I needed to put something out there. I needed to put a goal to like set a base for myself to get myself back into running. And I, and I just, I threw the challenge out there. We're all going to do the Indianapolis marathon a year later. And my goal was from where I was at, it would be pretty great if i was able to break three and we've talked about it on this podcast and uh we all know what happened at any last year it was it was a complete and total shit show didn't come anywhere near my goal but i said well i'm gonna i, I can't stop now i gotta keep going and there's a fast flat marathon down the street from my house um in october i was like i'm not traveling for a marathon this year i'm just gonna go do that one and i dedicated myself as much as i could as much as a full-time father of two under three, Ken, I dedicated myself as much as I possibly could to accomplishing this goal of running a sub three hour marathon. And yesterday at the Bay State Marathon, I ran three hours and 52 seconds. So I missed my goal by 53 seconds. A um, little bit of a heartbreaker. It was a I'm not going to say it was a tough day because it was an incredible day. It was an awesome day. And for 24, I'd say 23 and a half miles, I thought it was like a done deal. I I mean, I, I knew at like the half marathon last year that it wasn't going to happen. Like my day was screwed. Up until just before, just before the last 5K, I thought the last couple miles were going to be a victory lap. Like I just, I was clicking off miles. Like it was nothing. The weather was beautiful. The weather was perfect. I had done everything. I was feeling good. I had no problems whatsoever. 
And just right before the last 5K, I got I got some tightness in my quads and my legs. And the wall hit me like a ton of fucking bricks. It just punched me in the face. And I went from like gliding along, clicking off these miles like it was nothing to every single step just being a struggle, being a challenge. And I don't want to like toot my horn or pat myself on the back so too, that much. But the fact that I was able to like keep the time what it was with how I felt was a heroic effort. Like I was that, I was in that much pain, Mike. It was that hard. I, I, so <laughs> I, uh, I crossed the finish line. The whole last mile was a blur. I don't remember any of it. Um, I crossed the finish line. All I remember was like crossing the finish line, stopping and trying to stay, take a step forward and like stumbling back and like standing up, trying to take another step forward and falling back. And all of a sudden, three people grabbed me. They put me in a wheelchair. They brought me to the medical tent. And I, so they brought me to the medical tent and I'm like hunched over. They got like the tinfoil blanket on me. And I'm like, I'm like shivering. I'm nauseous. Like I'm just, I'm just a, a puddle. Right. And they bring me in and I hear them talking. And one of the nurses goes, all right, let's go. Let's get him an IV for him. And they're like, hold on, wait a second. And they bring over the vitals box, right? They take your blood pressure. They take your heart rate. And um, they, you know, I stick my finger in the thing and they strap me up. And they're like, well, his vitals are okay. I don't think he he needs an IV. And I like, I'm like all slumped over. And I just pick my head up and I go, can I please have an IV? <laughs> <laughs> and the nurse goes, one of the nurse goes, do you feel nauseous? I'm like so nauseous. And they're like, all right, get him the Zofran. And they hooked me up to the IV. And I was, I was in a really bad place for like 30 minutes, just in so much pain. But as soon as that IV started kicking in, Mike, holy crap. I felt like a new person. I felt like a million bucks. I felt like I could go other than the fact that my legs were just crampled and crumpled, right? In terms of like my stomach, my wind, my mindset, I was like, I could get up and go run another couple miles if I needed to right now. The IV was that amazing. Well, I don't know if this is what your mindset was when you're asking for the IV, but it's like, that's the difference between you being able to enjoy the rest of your day and not, right? It's like, I can go back. I can watch the Patriots game. I can have some beers. If these people would please just stick the needle in my arm right now. <laughs> well, and so there was a guy like there was a head honcho in there, like running the show. And I was the first and like a couple of them were like all excited because I was their first. I was their first, you know, person in the medical the, tent. The first the victim. Yeah, I was their first victim. And so like there's a couple of younger people in there. And like, you know, I think like the head honcho was like doing things by the books. And like the young, there was a couple younger, there was like a younger guy and a younger girl. And they were kind of like joking around with me. And uh, it's, when the Ivy's finished and they, she could see like the color, my colors back. Like, I'm like, I'm like joking around with her um, and, uh, and stuff like that. And she comes over to like, get, like, take the, take the needle out of my arm. And she goes, she goes, well, now, you know, like you can go like have a really good night and you won't be hung over tomorrow. And I was like, oh, I was like, well, I'm going across the street to the bar. That mean I'm good. She's like, she's like, if you can walk over there, you're fine. <laughs> I was like, I was like, let's go. And I, yeah, and I, I did that. It was, it was great. But um, yeah, I just kind of like, uh, uh, you know, the yeah. So anyways, to be just less than a minute away from your goal, when you put so much to it, it's hard. It's hard. But at the same time, it's less than a minute. 
And for where I'm at, at my age, it's a qualifying time for Boston. So it's technically, it's a BQ as long as they don't cut an, you know, they don't cut five and a half minutes off of the qualifying for next year. That's a BQ for me. So that's something to be proud of. And yeah, I mean, I don't know, like it's, it's, it's 53 seconds. Like how am I going to get down on myself on like 53 seconds? So, I mean, and, and I, I tell you like, I just, just my lifestyle and where I'm at and how much I got going on. I can't put the the amount of miles in on a, like the weekly mileage total that I would like. I'm able to get a long run in. I'm able to get like enough miles in, but in terms of like the miles I would like, I just can't, but like the amount of stuff I was doing, you know, like I'm, I go to, I go to yoga regularly to keep myself loose and injury free. I'm, I'm up at like, I, I go to the gym. I wake up at four o'clock in the morning to go to the gym most mornings because I know that to stay injury free, strength training is just as important as the miles. Like I did that for over a year. And so, you know, I can go one of two ways. I can sit back and be like, I did all that and I missed my goal by just that much. Or I could be like, I did all that and I look at what I accomplished, you know, so I'm choosing to be proud of it. I'm choosing to be happy with it. And I'm choosing not to let 53 seconds get in my way of, of being happy with it. Well, and, and Steve, I, I, I can understand why being that close to something and, uh, you know, not being able to enjoy the reward of getting the goal that you put out would bother you. But when did you run the, the, the DC marathon, your first marathon what was that 2018 Five years ago, six years ago, it would have been. It would have been. Let's see. I think I think twenty eighteen sounds right. Yeah, twenty eighteen. Okay, so no, what would it be? Twenty seventeen. It would have been twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen. So you would have been twenty nine years old. You would have been far, far away from having any children, and your lifestyle was, yeah, you would just trotting around New England, visiting running stores and running basically for your full-time job. And you pretty much ran the exact same time as you did six years ago. And it's like, okay, I get it. You missed the goal by 53 seconds, but the amount of effort it took to get you to pretty much the exact same place you were six years ago that's remarkable. I mean, that, that is remarkable. And and you should be fired up about that. I mean, it's like at the end of the day that those 53 seconds, it's like the smallest change here or there somewhere in the race. It's like the wall comes a quarter mile later than when it did. It's like, who knows where those 53 seconds come from? But the point is, it's like, you ended up in the freaking medical tent. So you can't get too upset about those 53 seconds. And like I said, you're basically at the exact same point you were six years ago with a completely different life. So that's like, that's badass. That's badass. And you gotta be pretty far up about it. No, I, I, and I am, and I've been thinking all those things. And the best part of this is like, for me, for like, in terms of my ability as a runner, like I am just not, meant to be a marathoner like i i in terms of like 
And it's funny because like, I'm not a miler, like I'm not amid this, but like my strength is in that 5k to 8k, 10k, maybe even up to half marathon range. Like I way over index in those events compared to the marathon. Like I have, I have a sub 70 half marathon under, under my belt, like when I was much younger, but somebody who's been able to run a sub 70 half marathon should not struggle to break three hours in the marathon. And I just, I just always have. So it's like, it's an, for whatever reason, whenever I get over that 20 mile mark, my body just reacts just in weird ways. And I just, I, I, I struggle with it. So like anytime I'm close to that three hour mark, um, I it's, it's an accomplishment and yeah, I'm, I'm walking away happy. And, but the, the thing that I'm really excited about is I feel like I have my base back. I feel like I officially have my base back where I can start. I can start building on like the shorter stuff. I can start building on the half marathon. I can start building on the 10 K five K. And the thing I'm most excited about is to compete in like the local road races, because we've said it before on this podcast that if you're not a pro runner, the next best thing is just being a, like a local legend legend and running like a 1635 K and everybody thinking you're uh, a superstar. Like that's what I want to get back to. So I feel like I have my base back. I'm going to be a terror on the, on the, uh, the local road running scene again. And I'm, I'm pumped for that. So, and that ultimately was the goal that when I first decided I wanted to run a marathon, like that was the goal. The goal was to get myself out of the place I was at. Cause I wasn't happy with where I was fitness wise. I wasn't happy with like the direction I was going health wise. Like, so I was like, all right, what do I want to do? I want to be back to like some degree of what I was as a runner let's, let's, let's build the base by, by training for a marathon and, and, and running a sub three. But I feel like with this race, I've checked that box and I can kind of move on to some other goals in the sport, which I'm, I'm really excited about. So, so will you, will you officially retire from the marathon right now? I've done this oh. before and I'm not going to, I'm not going to officially retire. Oh boy. That means you're running a marathon within the calendar year. no, no. <laughs> no, I. So there's See, a chance. I, I, it, <laughs> <laughs> well, but my 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 focus is going to change. Like, if I run a marathon, I'm not necessarily going to specifically change train for that marathon. Like year, like that year, like maybe like a couple months before, I'll change my change my training and I'll focus on the marathon. But my focus is actually, I've talked to a bunch of people. My focus is going to be on the, the USATF Grand Prix series. And are you familiar with the Grand Prix series, Mike? Uh, A little bit. Yeah. So, and I'm sure people listening to this are where it's like, it's all different uh, types of races, all different distances. So I think it's everything from uh, 5k ranging up to the marathon. And there's um, I'm not, I think there's, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. I think there's like seven or eight races throughout the year where the club teams compete. And so my focus is doing all of those, except for the marathon. I'm not doing the Grand Prix marathon, but then also like kind of helping build my team a little bit and and contribute to the team because I did it a little bit this year as part of my team. And the few races that I did, I felt like I was back on the cross country team, right? I felt like I was, you know, uh, we were like, we had like the, the team running mentality. And that's, and that's when I was like, when I halfway through this year training for the marathon, I was like, Oh, this is, this is what I wanted. Right. This is, you know, with the team going out there to race a five mile race on the grand prix and you're focused on 
you know, what singlets you got to be looking for. You're focused on pack time. You're focused on team scoring. I was like, that's what's going to keep me motivated. That's what I want to do. And so that's kind of where my focus is at. That being said, there's a chance I run the Boston Marathon this year. Oh, boy. <laughs> but not not like, like, you know, not like we did it last time, but for the experience of it. Like, I, there's a chance I run the Boston Marathon. Let's just say that. So somewhere in between how we did it last time and a real marathon. Yes, exactly. Okay. All right. I, I could tell. I could tell the minute I asked the question that that there was something that there was something in the back of your mind. Uh, and then the the last question I had tell me about the uh, the post race endeavors. Oh, it was it was awesome because I got the IV. I felt like a million bucks, right? Like I felt like, you know, the, the, the rest of the day was going to be enjoyable if I could just sit down. Right. And, uh, and so part of the, part of the, you know, the idea of running the hometown marathon is that you can celebrate in your hometown. Right. And so literally like across the street from the finish line, there's a little dive bar um and for those that are familiar with the area called the worthen and the thing the worthen is so me and my my team my you know my my running buddies um throughout the year we run every tuesday night tuesday it's like our 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 run night right and it's most tuesday nights are like it's essentially like a tempo right we go we run we run it hard we run hills like we, we we get a really really good workout in every tuesday night and then through the warmer months you know, we meet in a parking lot and we just, you know, we run from the parking lot in the warmer months, we pop open folding chairs and we have a couple beers in the parking lot. But once the weather gets to a certain point, like around this time of year, the, you know, it gets dark really quickly. It starts getting colder. We go to the Worthen and that's where we go. We're there every Tuesday night. And that's kind of, we, we celebrate the, uh, you know, you know, the post run with a, with a couple, couple beers. And I'll tell you what, there's nothing better then like on a cold Tuesday night, winter night, like it get you know, there's some of these Tuesday night runs that get down to like the negatives. Right. And it's just, it's so cold and you get out there, you do it. There's no better feeling than sitting in a warm dive bar with like a, you know, a, a glass of Guinness or something like that. So it's been, it's been running in the word and have been like tied in my life for like a, a while now. Um, but the, the base eight literally finishes like, around the corner across the street from this bar. So it was great. Like everybody finished at different times and um, everybody knew that was running finish and kind of make your way over the word. And so one by one, everybody just kind of made their way over the word. And, and every single time somebody new came in, it was like the entire, our entire group stood up and cheered them. And then the rest of the bar cheered them in, cheered them. It was a, uh, you know, so it, it was pretty cool. And you sit down and it's the same bartender that we have on, on Tuesday nights, they had our, our, our table reserved for us. And so it was just, it was just super chill. It was perfect. It was awesome. That, that sounds like a dream. Yeah. That's, that's what it's all about. Get some Kino going, get the, uh, the morning the football was on. It was morning just... football. Hop on the touch tunes. Yeah, yeah. It was just, it couldn't have been any more perfect. So, and it was, and it was one of those things where people were kind of coming in and out from the race. And so it was, there was a lot of people there. It felt like a party, but it was never like packed. 
right? You could never not get in or you could never not find a seat. It was just like the perfect amount of people, the right vibe. It was, it was great. A lot of the two crew came through there, you know, it was, it was, yeah, couldn't have been any better. And then, yeah, that, that was my, my last question, I guess. Uh, the, the quick shout outs, you know, obviously Aaron and Matt, what what did Aaron run for her for her half? Aaron ran a PR. She ran one fifty six. So that's a that's a, a half. That's a uh, um. It's a PR for her. And um, ran like four thirty for the marathon. Uh, Matt ran four thirty. Um, long time two crew guy. Uh, Luke Mason was out there. He uh he he he. He didn't run a PR, but he ran similar to me. He was happy with it. He ran a he ran a strong race. He felt good out there. Um, and then you know we had a it was just it was a lot of people out there, especially like a lot of it was a lot of two crew volunteering and stuff like that. So it was a yeah it was a good day out there. Cool. So yeah, no, I would um I am I am one hundred percent doing the Bay State Half Marathon next year. I I would argue it's the best half marathon, one of the best half marathons in the country. Um, just cause it's flat and fast. It's, you know, usually incredible weather. It's a two loop course. So if you look, I, I think the two loop course is better for trying to run fast. Um, you get really great crowd coverage because there's a couple bridges and people go back and forth over the bridge. So you can see you on both sides of the loop and it's, and you do loop multiple times. So I am, I'll, as long as like I can still walk and I'm in Lowell on the day of the basic marathon, <laughs> I'm going to be doing the half marathon. Um, if I, if down the road and it's going to be down the road, Mike, let me tell you down the road. If I ever decide, this is why I said, I'm never going to say never to the, to the marathon down the road. If I ever decide to recommit to the marathon, it will be this marathon. It will be this marathon just because, um, yeah, I just, it, it, you know, for the, for the reasons I just kind of laid out is flat fast. It is a little bit of a mind fuck. I'll, I'll tell you that like the, 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 it is a two loop. So the, there's like an inner loop, which is the half marathon. And then an outer loop, you go out a little bit further and you do two loop, two loops for the full marathon, the double loop for the full marathon is a little bit of a mind fuck. But if you get over like that mental, that mental barrier of having to do the two loops and kind of fight through that, it's, it's a, it's a great course. So I'll be back. I'll be back and maybe, I don't know, maybe I'll, the masters isn't that far down the road and maybe I'll set a goal of, <laughs> of running three hours as a master one day. So, all right. So that's, that's the Bay State marathon. What about you, Mike? Are we ever going to see you out there ever again? Or are you done running for good? God damn it, Mike, your internet sucks. What the hell? Friggin' Medfield, middle of, the, middle of nowhere. Jesus Christ. It's like back in the 1990s. It'll give you a dial-up AOL instant messenger internet over there. Jesus Christ. Actually, probably better. How long can I stall for Mike to come back here? What? Oh, let's let's set an over under two crew for when uh, for when when uh, when Mike's gonna run another marathon. He's either gonna say, he's either gonna say, uh, he's either gonna say never, 
or maybe we can bully into him into doing one in the next couple of years. I'm going to say, uh, I'll, I'll, I think we can get him to do one. Let's see. Let's, so let's, let's take a quick time out here. I'll give Mike a call, figure out what's going on. Looks like I'm guess he's having some computer troubles. It's, it's more than internet. So we'll figure out what's going on and we'll be back in one minute. All right. So the question I was asking you, um, when are we going to get you back out there? For a marathon? In general. Yes, yes. Part one. Yes, marathon. For a marathon? No, you won't. Never? Mar- marathoning is... Yeah, marathoning is done. Well, marathoning yeah. It's, I, but, I, but here's the thing, Mike. Here's the thing. Certain parts of your life as a runner die, but then you get reborn. Because running's a weird sport in the sense where you only get worse at it. So... Every like distance, every mindset like has a death, but if you stick with the sport, then it gets like reborn. So you're you're completely saying never again, you don't want anything to do with the marathon. Correct. Now I would I'm interested in rebirthing other distances. But no, but never, never the marathon. You couldn't see yourself like in in four years, when I when I go at the Bay State Marathon as a master, you don't you you wouldn't want to do what we did in 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 Marine Corps, like uh you know six years ago. You wouldn't want to do that. No, but I've said that before, and you dragged me into it anyways. So well, I just think you're gonna regret it. I don't I don't know that I will though. You know what I mean? Like I feel like I. And I had felt like it after Boston, really. I had felt like I did what I wanted to do. My, my goal in my marathon career was to break three hours and to run the Boston Marathon. And I feel like I've done those things. And then, yeah, I, I just, I, I, I don't, and I know, I, I think the frustrating thing for the marathon for me is like, I know what it takes to break three hours in the marathon. I'm I'm well aware of what that takes. And it's like, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't really want to do it again. I've been there, done that. And it's like, and, and I don't want to say I can't do it. I, I, I'm sure if I structured my life in a certain way and, and, it's possible it's there, but I know what that looks like. And I just, I, I don't have a desire now. I, I think I'm at the point in my lull in running where it's like, I have desires to do other distances to get involved in other running. Um, but no, not the marathon. What, what, what distances? I don't know. I, I don't know. I think about it recently and it's like, I don't know. It's been a very, very long time since I've tried to compete at a road 5k. I, in fact, I don't know that I've ever tried to compete in a road 5k. Now I've been like competitive or like when I was in training for other things and in college and competing, I ran road 5k's, but I don't think I've ever trained 
for road 5Ks, right? I mean, I can't think of a time in my life that I've done that. So I'm intrigued. I'm interested in that. Um, but I'm kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm a ways away from that being a thing. I mean, I guess road racing in general is not for another, what's eight months, six to eight months. So what are you talking about? No, but like road race, like season, right? Like spring into summer into fall road race. You don't, you don't think that there's a USA TF 5k is, is going to be Super Bowl Sunday. That's, that's the start of, of road race season. And then all the good, like, I mean, I'm, I mean, what are you talking about? We're in the heart of it. I'm going to be doing a road race every weekend from now until well, I'm going to give myself a couple weeks. But starting right, November, but what I'm, I'm saying, do, what I'm saying is I'm going to race every, I'm going to do a race probably every weekend until Christmas. Yeah, no. Right. So I would say right now is the heart of it, but I'm obviously not ready to be racing them right now. Right. Well, what if I were to tell you, what if I were to tell you, and I know you and I know who, who you are as a runner and I know what's going to take to get there. What if I told you, that the only way that you're going to be able to get to get to where you want to be in the 5k is if you go through a marathon training cycle to start. I'm not doing a marathon cycle. All right. Well then you're just not going to accomplish what you want after, after the age of 30, I don't think you're going to accomplish what you want in those distances. Well, I mean, I guess it depends on what, if you don't, if you don't get that base, if you don't get that something something drastic to build your base yeah but but i think that that's a big part of uh if i if and when i decide kind of what my next adventure in the running world is is kind of recalibrating you've been trying to decide what your next adventure in the running world is for the past six years and so i'm i'm gonna eventually start forcing your hand yeah but i think the the recent adventure i've had in the running world has been one that i've enjoyed and that is it's just uh, I run when I want to go for a run. I don't go for a run when I don't want to go for a run. It's like, what, some, what some, is the point of that? If you're not trying to win a race or compete, what is the point of that? And I think at stages of my life, I've felt that way. But the last few years, that's not how I felt. I felt like there's some weeks I went for five, six runs in a week. Some weeks I went for one run a week and it was just like my relationship with running was very much like when I was out there, I enjoyed it and I was doing it because I wanted to do it not because I was training for anything, not because I wanted to run a race. And again, I know it's like very anti the peak too early attitude that we've created, but it was just like that, that has been my relationship to running recently. And it's, I must say it's, it's a, it's been a pretty healthy relationship. I've, uh, I, it, it, it's not something that I can do forever. And I'd say I'm on the back end of it and I'm feeling different itches to for, for a new relationship with running. But I'd say for the last couple of years, it's, it's, it's been what, what I needed and what I wanted. So I don't know. So I, and I, and we don't need to keep, keep going down this road anymore. And, and this is what I'm just going to leave you with and leave the listeners with. There comes a point in that, you're gonna because if you so if you were a runner in high school and into college and you you know you 
you tried, you were competitive at one point in your life and you tried to hang on to it for a little bit and you tried to, you know, jump on the roads or you, you, you know, you, you stayed in that competitive world for a little, little bit and you've kind of come in and out of it. And you're kind of, you're at the point in your thirties where you're kind of at the point where you're technically out of that competitive world. There has to be a mindset shift. And I'm trying to warn you and I'm trying to warn all the people who might be in the same boat that are listening to this podcast because it was something that happened to me and I'm and I'm grateful it did. This sport is messed up in the sense where and I and I said it earlier, your ability to like compete and perform, it's slowly going away. And it goes away so slowly that you might not even notice it. And at a certain point, there is no well, maybe I'll do that in the future. Maybe at a certain point, it's like, if I don't do this now, and I'm not saying you can't have a relationship with the sport of running, and I'm not saying you can't have fun with the sport of running, I'm not saying you can't compete because another great thing about this sport is you can compete your entire life and at different age groups and, and, and at different levels, you can compete with yourself. And I'm not saying you can't do that. And I plan to do that my probably my whole life. But in terms of like competing at like, the higher level or the, the the place where you know you can and mentally you kind of want to be at, at it, it it goes quick. If you don't capture it while you have while you have that opportunity, it's gone and it's not coming back. And so for me, that was kind of like a big. That was I I didn't want to do the marathon. I I I I. I the marathon sucks. I've, I've said it many times on this podcast. It's the worst, but I knew it's what I needed to do to kind of get back in the sport because realistically, like in terms of competing at where I want to compete, it's going to be gone. And if you don't use it now, you're not getting it back. So I'll just, I'll end it at that. I think that's, I think that's a fair, I think that's a, a fair uh, point of wisdom. How many times, how many times you look back? Cause I mean, I think we're both proud of, we're both proud of our, our college career, but there's definitely things that I could have done differently and competed a better or, or been a better competitor or just kind of given myself a little bit of an edge. And I'm not, I don't regret anything I did. Cause I think I, I, I wrung that rag out. I, I accomplished most, but there's definitely times I look back and it's like, I could have given a little bit more there, or maybe I could have made some better decisions and done something there. I, in 10 years, I don't want to look back and be like, ah, geez, I just go, I wish I just committed to it in my thirties because if I just done the work, then I, I would have been done some stuff that I would have been proud of. So right. just don't do a favor to your, to your older self and everybody listen to this podcast. If you're kind of in the same boat as us. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, long winded way of saying, can we get you on our team for this upcoming grand Prix season? <laughs> What are you laughing at? That was a serious it's, question. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna. It, it, it's uh, we'll we'll see. <laughs> we'll see about that. What about the two crew? Who's listening right now? That's gonna join us for the upcoming men's open, uh, or or women's open, whoever, or hey, masters category, whatever. The team could use it. So shoot us a shoot me a DM if you if you want to be in on the team. We could we could use the help. So um, re, we're building the we're building the dynasty here. That's my goal. Steve's a head of, head of recruiting right now. Hey, the rest of the club isn't doing. I got to take it on my, put it on my shoulders. Here, so. General manager. I'm going to show up with some, some people that, that their contract expired 
at the end of this year and they're still they're waiting for their next contract i'm gonna show up with a couple of pros next year now that that is a smart idea have, Mike, you, have, we, you, have you sent any dms to try and uh oh no, it, it might happen it might be i've been okay. on my recruiting guide okay i got some people i got some people and it, you know it, the other thing is we we want we want character people. We don't we don't want just anybody. We want good character people. So this is right. We want the right person on people on the team. So it's 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 you know it's coming together. All right. You you know who my my number one recruit is? Is that a is it? Kelvin Kiptum. Is, no, it's, is... it's 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 it's. I I said I'm character people. We need people that kind of jive with the type of mindset we're going for. It's uh, you know, we, we need we need the Joe Rand type. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a character for sure. If you're looking for a character, all right. Why don't we why don't we why don't we talk some running news? Where do we want to start, Mike? Oh, I just brought him up. Kelvin uh, Kiptum breaks the marathon world record, taken down some people's goat, Kipchoge. Ah, uh, this is kind of. I don't even know where to begin with this topic. Neither do I. And I'm afraid to talk about it. I don't know where to begin with this. I don't. Because this is like. This is a big friggin' deal. This is a huge deal. deal. But it's not being talked about like it's a big deal. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Is like everybody afraid to say what's like on everybody's mind? What do you. What's on everyone's minds? I don't know. What's on your mind? Uh, on my mind is... What are you insinuating that I'm insinuating? I'm not insinuating anything. You're, you're insinuating, insinuating that I'm insinuating that you're insinuating that I'm insinuating. I don't think so. I don't think I did that. I don't think I did that. All right. Neither did I then. Okay. All right. Nobody's so we got, a re- we got a really fast 23-year-old. That is... uh, Well, to... I don't know, maybe to your point, maybe not to your point. Do you find it interesting that Kipchoge has not acknowledged it at all? Uh, not, yeah. He's not acknowledged I mean, it. That's what I mean. Has not acknowledged a big it. deal out of it. That's what I'm saying. At all, right? It's like, <laughs> if, you're, if you're Joe Montana and Tom Brady breaks your, your Super Bowl record, it's like, you're expected say something publicly about that and then if Patrick Mahomes breaks Tom Brady's Super Bowl record it would be very weird if Tom Brady didn't make some corny Instagram post or something you know what I mean it would be like if Roger Maris's family didn't acknowledge Aaron Judge breaking <laughs> the Yankees home run yeah that's not even a record. Well, it's it. not a record, but it's it's the exact opposite where the Maris yeah. family showed up at every single game for like right. multiple years being like, oh, keep me in the spotlight. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it It's very weird that Kipchoge has. Not, and I don't know. It's like I always live in this weird place with Kipchoge, right? I, I never know how I feel about him anymore. It's like if it is simply just like a petty like thing like that's weird to me you got this 23 year old kid from the same country as you maybe give the kid a quick shout out uh listen if we're just going to talk about it on a baseline level calvin has run three marathons all under 
202. And in as a 23-year-old kid in his third marathon ever, is 35 seconds away from doing the thing that Kipchoge had to have a simulated perfect world experiment to have done. I mean, this is exciting and awesome and steve regardless of whatever i'm insinuating you're insinuating that i'm insinuating i'm here for it i'm here for the ride i think this is freaking awesome i hope this dude runs a 148 like this is awesome he's 23 (laughs) years old and this is this is the part this is the part of our sport that sucks because this should be everybody should be going crazy over this but like we have to have this whole talk about insinuating and questioning everything that happens just for love. Let's just make it legal. Let's just make it legal. Can we just make that's it why, legal? That's why I'm done insinuating. Just I don't make it care. Legal. Like, I just don't. I'm sick. Like, this is no, it doesn't make it any fun. Like, this should be amazing. You know? Well, well I, I haven't seen any evidence of nothing, Steve. Neither have I. And you know what? You know what? In this moment, I am deciding until... Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm a Calvin guy. I'm a Calvin stan. Mar- is, he, is he our goat? I think he's our goat. Oh boy. Well right. I think he's our goat. I think well, okay. he's no, no, no. he's he's our I think he's our um he's our new goat watch for sure. But he's gotta run Boston too. I, I think we have to be fair and hold him to the same standard that we held Kipchoge to. So let me put it he, he has to run Boston and he has to do it. And what did Kipchoge do in 209? Well, we said we always said top five. We always said top, top five for Kipchoge. So if, if he if he comes to Boston and has a top five finish. Which he will, of oh, course. <laughs> uh then okay, so we're on go watch. Oh boy. You I'm know go Kipchoge, Kipchoge's gotta hurry up and retire so he can get his flowers as the goat before the before he before it gets taken over, before his career is over. Yeah, I mean that's I what happened it, to Bekele. Bekele, that's true. He, he didn't get his opportunity to get his flowers of the goat because Kipchoge took it. That's true. That's true. And and I would like, I would say, um, new criteria for, uh, for Kipchoge. He still needs to run Boston in top five for him to be back into the discussion. And I am now never coming back to Boston. You know that, right? I know, I know. But I'm also now adding to the discussion. He needs to acknowledge Calvin. If those two things don't happen, (laughs) those two things don't happen, then he will never. He's not my goat if those two things don't happen. It is crazy that he he hasn't said anything. Not one. It's so weird. It is. And he's like talked too. like he, he had a interview like a week ago or something and he didn't say anything about it like that's weird yeah it's weird very weird um mike did you see that let me see let me pull it up right here um so the the olympic trials the marathon olympic trials is it's being held in orlando florida this one is it it's i I believe it's february february 3rd so early february um, but it's being held at noon. So middle of the day, high noon, Orlando, Florida. Um, there's been a group of uh, Olympic trials qualifiers that have petitioned or written a letter to the governing body 
and asking them to change the start time of this race. Uh, what do you think about this? I, I guess I don't understand. First of all, is there a reason why it's at noon in the first place? Yeah, is because there... that's the, like, conditions-wise, it's the worst time to start a marathon. But that's why? No, no I'm saying why is it at noon? Like, why? I think it's for... TV? Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's for eyeballs and attention. I, like, like you're saying like that. Let, let me see. Let me see if there's anything about why it's starting at noon. But I, I, I just assumed it was for. Yeah, it was it was to like for spectators and TV. OK, so. If. If it's the difference between. Oh, wow, man, my mind just kind of shifted on my take, I think, because my original take was going to be like, OK, yeah, why wouldn't you just move this? to like when the runners want it. Like, let's just put it at an optimum time for the race to happen. But now I'm sitting here like, you know what? No, it, if there's the best time for me to consume the sport and everybody is running at the same time and it's an Olympic thing and who cares about times? Let's throw times out the window. Now, put it at the best time for me. Put Give me the best viewing pleasure. Make it the most optimum uh, time for me to sit down on my couch and watch these people on the marathon. So I just flipped my take three seconds before I was about to give my take. If, if the actual reason is to give the optimum viewing experience, then that's what I would like. So I, I would I like to start a petition you, to Mike. petition against the runners. I agree. <laughs> Maybe we should send a letter against the runners. Yeah. I agree with you with the on that take 99% of the time. This is the one time I'm going to disagree with you because selfishly, I want to make sure we're sending the top athletes to the Olympics. Like I don't <laughs> necessarily want I don't want the trials to be a fluke. Um I don't want somebody that excel like I don't want if it's just a little like too hot for somebody that should be going and like somebody else excels in those temperatures, like I want to make sure that we're sending the best of the best to compete in the, uh, in the Olympics. And I just feel like putting it at noon, it just leaves the door wide open for something weird to happen. Well, so do we want the fastest time trial guys or do we want the best racers? going? Yeah. But I think you could make the argument that, you're you you could potentially be taking away the best racers if you put it at the worst possible conditions during the course of the day i don't know steve don't we want our guys who doesn't matter if it's raining it doesn't matter if it's 100 degrees it doesn't matter if they got the flu they're gonna get out there and they're gonna they're gonna compete and everyone's got the same condition i like i said i agree with you 99 percent of the time but like Let's who who's a marathoner that we want to see to go to to Paris? Let's say Scott Fobble. Is he a is he a hot weather runner or a cold weather runner? I don't know, but this is how we end up with Scott Fobbles by moving it <laughs> moving it out of noon. I don't know. <laughs> let's say like let's say like so okay, I got a great example for you, Mike. 
Somebody like Nell Rojas is a much better cold weather runner than she is hot weather runner. Putting it at noon might completely eliminate her chances of making sneaking onto that third spot. Point taken. I also think Nell is a a competitor. But it, but that that's the thing about the marathon, Mike. It doesn't matter how competitive you are at a certain point. Mike, I was really fucking competitive yesterday. I really wanted to compete. I really wanted to get to the finish line under, under, you know, three hours. But at a certain point, nature and and just my body takes over, and I'm at the mercy of whatever nature wants to do to me. And that's that's the thing with the marathon. It doesn't. It your will doesn't matter. <laughs> it is. It just comes down to the conditions. Okay. All right. So we're on. We're we're on the sides of the the petition. I, uh, again, I, I would like to hear a legitimate reason for why we would be running a marathon at noon. Right. I mean, like, why? If you get a big group of runners from different teams and different squads and stuff like that to say, this is crazy that we're running the marathon at noon. I would like to hear a legitimate reason. And if it is, like I said, TV coverage and stuff like that, then I would like them to be very honest about that and just say, sorry, sorry, pals. It, uh, this is, this is what we're doing. Um, but if they, it is, I will say, if that's if it, was the case, not- it is, it is like a, it is kind of a slippery slope for the athletes to be like, give us more attention and more money to the sport, and then the sport being like, all right, well, we're doing something to do that, and now you, yeah. now you want to fight against it. My fear is that they weren't thinking like I am thinking, and it was just like an arbitrary like. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're just like, oh yeah, uh, noon sounds like a good time. Yeah, like logistically, yeah. Okay. Yeah, whatever. Like we can, you know what I mean. Like that is my fear that it there wasn't much thought put into it, and that they just made a stupid decision for not a good reason. And that would be crazy. That would be crazy. But also very uh, possible that that's what happened. I would say. Yeah. No. It's. Um. I probably. Should, yeah. We should probably read up on it a little bit more. But I, I thought it was interesting. Um. Yeah. I mean, we we were in Atlanta. That was an early start, right? Was that a? It was a ten o'clock start. Oh, I was think, it, and then maybe even. I think early. it was even earlier than that. I think. Yeah, it didn't impact our viewing pleasure. Oh, 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 yeah. No, I'm thinking. No, it definitely did not impact our. For some reason, I was thinking indie. Yeah, that might have been ten a.m. start. That might have been ten a.m. start. Yeah, I mean, no, okay. I think it was earlier. I think, think it was earlier? earlier. I think it might have been an eight o'clock start. I think I remember walking to the bar and there being no nothing going on. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. I forget. I, I do think it was an early start. So especially in Atlanta. I mean, like Yeah. Well, this is Orlando, Mike. It's not yeah. much it's 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 That's arguably true. worse. That's true. Yeah, it should probably be earlier. It should probably it should probably be earlier. Yeah. All right, what else Mike, we got? I, I think you got some news coming out. Of oh yeah, yeah, out of off the press this from is, uh, this is this is a peak too early topic I've ever heard it, one before. It, in what makes it the most peak too early is I don't really know what I'm talking about. Like I've pulled together a couple details. We might I might be so wrong on this story. It's ridiculous. But from what I can understand is the Ingebrigtsen brothers have who were coached. 
by their father or were coached by their father for a long time have completely severed ties with their father. There is a legitimate rift. I'm talking like the lawyering up, like the father has lawyered up type of situation where they cut their father out of the coaching thing to the point where they are petitioning the federation and like their, their, their country's team that if the, the a accreditation is issued, a coaching accreditation is issued to their father, like allowing him to coach at, you know, whatever level, then they will not be competing for their country in championship events, including Jakob, you know, probably the biggest distance name in the entire sport is saying he will not complete. So he's completely got the Federation by the balls saying, yeah, yeah, go ahead and give him an accreditation, but it's either me or him. And that's a pretty easy uh, decision for them. So I don't even know what to make of all of this, but I need to know more. And I hope, I hope this is just a, uh, a very well thought out Kardashian type plot to make the ep the next season of uh keeping up whatever with it Ingebrigtsen. is T- team Ingebrigtsen like <laughs> must watch reality television. So Mike, I have three thoughts. My first was this sounds like they're drumming up interest in the next season of the television. Um, that's my first thought. Second thought is these sound like a bunch of like ungrateful spoiled brats. Uh-huh. Yep. That that's my that's my that's my second thought. My third thought is maybe that this is just so he so if if the father gets accreditation, Jakob has put his foot down that he's not competing on for for Norway anymore. Maybe this is his excuse to getting out of racing and world championships, so he doesn't have to get embarrassed uh, every world championship. Do you think that that's potential? Yeah, maybe this is a, a, the long con to make sure he never has to race Josh Kerr again. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It <laughs> <laughs> could be it. It could be it. But it's like, I've been trying to do more digging on this story. And it's like, every article is like, you know, in a language I can't read. And nobody is, it's, it's not like local news. I can't turn on MSNBC or something like that and, and, and get the, the scoop on what's going on. So I would like to know more about this story. Uh, I love the drama. I Everything that comes with this family, you know, is as feels chaotic and over the top. And I love it. And that's why I wish I could understand their language so I could actually watch this reality television show. Because like I said, I, I hope I I hope it's the long con like Kardashian level stuff because everyone knows that has been a long time uh, to crew listener. I'm in for the drama reality TV show, right? I want people screaming at each other. I want I want fake fights. I want uh, scripted drama television. So this the the crossroads of, of two things I, I'm very passionate and care about a lot. Yeah, no, and <laughs> I mean, Jakob is just coming out more of like a drama queen every single day. He's just it, drama and chaos just seems to to follow this guy. And uh, from what we can, you know, read between the lines in our interview with Josh is 
you know, not, not even his own countrymen like him. So Uh, I think we, I mean, we, just a couple months ago, we were like begging for like him, if he's going to be the villain for him to be like the true villain of the sport. And I think he's like really emerging with like his full, you know, villain, 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 villain stories here. Like he, he's, she's trying to keep his father, his own father off of the Norwegian coaching staff. Like this is, I mean, this is what we wanted. It's it. It's awesome. It, it, is just, it, it was just like, it was just a few months ago. We still didn't know what to make of this guy. Now we have like the full picture. Yeah. And I love the fact that now, like, whatever, how do you say his name? Onrik and Flip. They're involved in this and like they are mentioned there, but it's like Jakob is the, the, the leader, the, you know, the front man. And he's got that his... can't happen. You can't have the little brother be the leader. Imagine if our little brother started calling the shots. It would be so. Chaos. I think I, I think I think technically Anrik is the one who's like leading the charge against his father, like the lawyer situation. But like Jakob is the one who's like when he says something about it is the one that gets attention, and it's the one that like it's 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 pushing the narrative, right? So yeah, no, I. I I love every second of it because you know what's going to happen here, right? Is eventually, if this is a real thing, not a, a dramatized thing, maybe even if it is a dramatized thing, eventually there's going to be a breakup between the three brothers. And that is when things are going to get real interesting, right? Because it eventually will be Flip and Onrik against Jakob. And Jakob's going to be a one-man show. And he's going to be like, you know, I don't need any of you people. And yeah, that. you're right. Chaos like this doesn't stop. It no. just gets redirected eventually. Right. And then Onrik and Flip will probably reunite with their father. Right. And he'll put them back on the uh, illegal drugs that he had <laughs> them on before. And then they'll start beating Jakob in races again. And it'll be this whole thing. Uh, yeah, I, I, I already got. I've already got it scripted out. Yeah, this, this is great, and I love that you <laughs> haven't missed a beat calling him Flip. I, I, <laughs> I know <laughs> that that was again a shout out for the for the Long old school. Yeah. But, all right, Mike. I think that'll be uh you know it's a, it's, a, it's a quick quick episode, but uh I think we just kind of wanted to get on here. We haven't we haven't been on the mics in a while. Wanted to recap this weekend's uh, festivities and and the marathon. Um. Yeah. Why don't Why don't we kick off the bell app, Mike? What do you got, for people, on the bell app? Okay. Um. So I I have made a conscious effort to 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 start avoiding New England sports in the um in the bell app, but I do. This is one that I clearly need to address. And then from here on out, I'm going to try not to do New England sports in the Bella. But uh, Steve, I sent this statement to you uh, two weeks ago two weeks or ago. on October 8th. And so I just want to read it, read it out here. This is an official statement from the president of the Mac is the guy fan club. Um, <clears throat> I believe Mac Jones is a good quarterback. I believe Mac Jones could have worked in New England. And I believe that the 2022 Zappy Boo Birds changed Mac and quite honestly ruined him, at least in New England. But if you're going to be the quarterback of this team in this town, that can't happen. 
This offense is terrible. And that is not all Mac's fault, but you're the quarterback. And if you can't score, that starts with you. With all that said, I can say with confidence that Mac Jones is unequivocally not the guy. Not the guy. And that's all I have to say about that. Caleb Williams is going to be the guy next year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I can't. Yeah. I, you know, I'll take Shador Sanders. Let's let's get him. Him and Tom Brady seem to be buddies. They, they do seem to be buddies. And I just want to point out that that statement is not easy for me to read out loud. Yeah. You've been you've been pretty hard on the Mac train all along. I've been I've just kept my mouth shut about Mac the past couple of years because ever since. Ever since he came waddling onto the stage on draft day, I was like, oh, this is the guy that's taking over Tom Brady? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, you know. so, uh, my Bell Lap. Let's see. What was I going to say? Oh, I had. So um, I haven't had my um, first Miller Lite in six weeks. This is my first Guinness right here in, in, in six six weeks. I cut out alcohol leading up to the marathon. Um, and I tried a lot of different non-alcoholic beers. And I'm here to tell you, I have I have a ranking. Oh, okay. I have my official Power rankings. I have my official NA ranking. Um, I give an honorable mention to the notch non-alcoholic. I think they do a very good job. But for me, the thing about a non-alcoholic beer is you want it to feel like you're drinking a beer. Um, but you don't necessarily I don't need necessarily need the flavors to be too complex. I don't want it to because a lot of times these 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 NA beer companies are trying to make like a really good tasting non-alcoholic beer, but it just kind of end up tasting like a shitty beer. So I think the best way to go with non-alcoholic is like a little bit on the lighter side, just a, a little less taste, just make yourself feel like you're drinking a beer without actually drinking one. So I'm giving the third place to um uh athletic brewing light just because it feels like you're drinking a Miller Light. I'm giving the second place to uh, Guinness Zero, mm-hmm. right? It's creamy. It's got the same texture. It's got the same everything, a little bit of an aftertaste. You almost don't even notice that you're drinking a non-alcoholic beer. So gone on the other side of the of the, of the light. But, um, but the number one, I discovered my favorite non-alcoholic, Corona NA. Feels like it tastes like you're drinking a Corona. Doesn't taste non-alcoholic. I don't know what it is about that type of beer. Just tastes like a regular Corona. So that was my go-to over the past six weeks. Wow, Corona. So O'Doul's didn't make the no. didn't make the list. I, no. I haven't tried O'Doul's. There's so <laughs> many like good. There's so many like the non-alcoholic uh, beer industry is like such a booming industry. There's so many good non-alcoholic beers out there right now. Yeah, I mean that's a it's a tough look for O'Doul's because for 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 decades decades they were they were the only only game down they they ran the world and now it's like they yeah they they've been they've been pushed out (laughs) yeah so anyways i'm 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 back on the wagon but you know what i'm you know uh, gearing up for races i'm back off the wagon no right off the wagon off the wagon off the wagon yeah yeah gearing up for races i like to you know get clean for a little bit and but then you know it's We've talked about it since the beginning of the podcast. It's it's a uh, you know taper championship bender, and if you don't hit all the steps, then you're just not doing it right. So I've not done it right. Agreed. So, anyways, all right. I would have run faster, but I peaked too early. Mike, hit me with the Josie. Josie's on a vacation far away. Come around and talk it over. So many things that I wanna say. You know I love my girls a 
Trying to stop my hands from shaking, but something in 